welcome to Far North Tokers. This is episode 108, October 7, 2018. Your host, Mid Tokers. Thank you all for listening. Today is a part two to get back to Gary Zubris from my adventure cross country. Mm, where we left off, Gary was on a mission to kill himself. Opioids can be a bad thing. We're going to be facing this in Alaska. We are facing this in Alaska. How are we going to be dealing with this? How's Alaska going to deal with it? Cannabis is an answer for some. Gary is testimony to that. (laughs) Dab Lab AK, winner of Cannabis Classic 2017, Alaska's best glass shop. And there's no doubt as to why. High quality, American-made glass, none of this cheap import stuff. With the best CBD and accessories available on the market, all in a comfortable, professional setting with competitive prices. Support local, College Road, Fairbanks. I'm going to let my buddy Alaska Red tell you. For the highest quality glass that you're going to find in Alaska, head on down to my buddy's shop, Dab Lab AK, 3410 College Road. That's Dab Lab AK, 3410 College Road, Fairbanks, Alaska. 10 to 9, Sunday through Thursday, open till 11, Friday to Saturday. For all your cannabis accessory needs, Dab Lab AK. Backtrack provided by Alaska Red, Lyrical Sticker. I had that money, man, and so I'm, I went down and I bought, like, I, bought, I, had, I had something of everything on me. I bought a quarter ounce of Coke, bought some crack. I had hair. Oh, I was on methadone at this point. I was trying to do all right. Uh, I, was, I was on methadone, but I was down there, and I, overnight, like, I would go down and run around the streets for a couple days in North Philly, just like, I don't know what I want, just fucking around here and doing drugs there. I had all this weight of everything, Percocets, Xanax, I had everything that you can get in the city on me this day. And I said to the girl, I met her, I met this Puerto Rican crackhead. You know, she was hot, man. She was definitely hot. So I'm like, I'm fucked up out of my mind. I'm like, I'm going to get me some of this because she's a crackhead. She's like, do you have any, have you got any hard? I'm like, no, but I got this soft. It took me two years to locate uh, this particular Coke in North Philly. I chased around this fish scale for two years on those streets till I nailed it down. So I had that shit. I had that shit. The girl was like, come on, we'll go to my go to my friend's house and we'll just give him a little bit and then we'll go up to a room and you know, I'll take care of you, Bobby. <laughs> Hold on, let me get a drink. <laughs> Dude, you got me you got me going though, man. Like I get I get it's crazy. crazy that that what I was through for 24 years dude like that day I was gonna die because uh, I said to her hey hold on like we went in and smoked a little with the old, this old guy this old guy and his wife they smoked they're like thank you they're ringing you know I had that shit man so I was like hold on I gotta go I didn't get my methadone this morning I gotta go get some heroin quick too but the only thing I didn't have I trade painkillers but I needed heroin for that day because I didn't plan to, but I was there overnight. So I missed my dose. Hold on, let me go get this. It's right up the street and I'll come right back. 
And she said, she said, no, Poppy. She didn't even want me to smoke any with them because she was like, no, Poppy, you're too fucked up. <laughs> it's like this Puerto Rican street crack whore is telling me I'm too fucked up. I was. I was out of my fucking mind. This is, this is the day it was like the worst point in my life because I actually, before I went in that house, tried to get back in that house, I drew up puddle water because I didn't have any water in any of the bottles. You know, like heroin addict get nasty, catching rainwater when you have to. So I drew up North Philadelphia fucking puddle water. I'm one of those guys to do this shot. So this is where it took me. I, puddle water, man, I'm putting it in my veins. And you know what? I did a huge shot of dope and coke and I didn't feel none of it. You know, so I go get out. I have, I have a bunch of the shit in my hand because like I'm just going right like two houses down, but it's, they're all boarded up and shit, you know? So I'm walking down, only person on this block, a white boy. And uh, cops come around the corner, and it was dead of winter. So, long story short, like they caught me with all the shit, <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Come on, well, will you let me go?" Because like I always got let go before. I was like, I'll "Give you all my shit," and the, the cop was like, "No way, man." He goes, "You're a fuck, you're a walking pharmacy." I, he goes, "I can't let you go," you know, because like I would have died. I would have died. I was already just about overdosed, and I'm about to go and get. All these other drugs, you know, I would have died. So, at least your best friend there, huh? Right. Saved you. Fucking, isn't that ironic, man? <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's fucking ironic that, uh, yeah, hold up. <laughs> well, the, that they, that hopefully they, that the peace officer, to keep the peace and help people. <laughs> <laughs> They're, you know, like, I'm, you think, like, these Philly cops are like, huge brick they're like a brick wall man so you're not getting away with nothing like they can kill you and they do bad shit you know some do really bad shit but they didn't they just my evidence almost all disappeared by the time i went to court but and that's fine with me there was just like a little bit of some coke they charged me with so i got my first visit to <coughs> cfcf Quran forum correctional facility this classification jail in Philadelphia County and the intake at that time like they would just round up I got pulled in and around they round up van fulls of people off the streets bust them for drugs and shit and bring them all in to at first they take you to the district back there it was 25th district in North Philadelphia that you would go to for my section of Philadelphia that I would hang out in this place, like, literally is a dungeon, a little tiny, dark. They keep it dark. There's cockroaches. There's rats. This is all new territory for me, you know? Cockroaches and rats running around. You see where I grew up in a decent part of town, mm -hmm. so. <laughs> I'm scared to death. So they take me up to the roundhouse next. The roundhouse is where... They bring everybody and put you like four to a cell to hold you till they give you your arraignment by video camera. So we're all crammed in these cells of one bunk. So like the biggest, strongest guy always had the bunk and the rest of us would be laying on the floor uh, getting sick. And that took a while for you got, for them to arraign you, for them to take you up to the counties. And there's like five county jails up there because um, that's, uh, there's one for the women, and there's Creek, the roundhouse, which was the one that I got classified to.
Creek, and there's, there's a couple more DC pick, but the one that I went to, I think was the oldest one there. Uh, it literally was a dungeon. You saw that, that jailhouse up the road? That's how this place was probably worse than that. Mm. There was two levels. It was built like a, like a tire spoke. It had a big central hub, and then the cell blocks came off. They were long. You couldn't even see the end of the block. And it was two of them on top of each other. I think there must have had to be 200 people on each block. And I'd be like, I was one of like 12 white guys. This is my first experience with, actually, with racism. Where, how uh, how old are you then? And what are you here? <laughs> I'm, uh, I think I'm 28 when I first hit the jail. But I, I and that that was for your walk-in pharmacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. I, it is for it, but that's not the same day that I got arrested. I did get bailed out from, when you go to CFCF, the classification, it's a lot, It's like a roll of cells, and they packed 25, there was, of us in the cell. It's a little bit bigger, but 25 of us, and you go from cell, you get classified for this, to cell, to get classified for that, to cell, to see the doctor. So sometimes it's like two days that you're just laying, we lay like, like fucking sardines head to toe, toe to head, so we could all lay down somewhere in the cell because you'd be in there so long. So we're all crammed on the floor, you know, and the guy is puking over in the toilet and shitting his ass out because he's dope sick. Dude, it's like, I'm like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> I'm in <laughs> Chena Cannabis, North Pole Cannabis Dispensary. 1725 Richardson Highway, between North Pole and Fairbanks, right before the Badger Road exit. You're gonna love this place. Convenient access right off the highway. Special in-house strains, half ounces for 160, ounces for 250. Valid through August or while supplies last. Fine flower strains, chocolate, sourdough, blue kush, big smooth, purple OG kush, fruity pebbles, mmm, concentrates. By good cannabis, good titrations, edibles by AK Frost, and the good cannabis gummies. Head on over to Chena Cannabis. Check out the full menu on leafly.com. Open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Sunday, noon till 6. You don't have to drive all the way to Fairbanks for your cannabis needs. Save your time. Get your quality cannabis at Chena Cannabis, your North Pole cannabis dispensary. Chena Cannabis. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. So I got bailed out, you know, my parents enabled me a lot because I didn't grow up. We don't have criminals in the family, you know what I mean? I have, there's 34 cousins on my mom's side of the family. There was 10 aunts and uncles and just 34 on that side. I'm like, everybody's somebody, everybody's somebody. We got engineers, we got successful businessmen, we got, we got people doing things, man. And like, I was trying to do things for a while. Now I'm all fucked up. You know, so nobody knew anything about jail. Nobody knew anything about addiction. Nobody was talking about it back then. So my parents would bail me out. They did that a couple times. 
Then finally, I had come back home, moved back down to Philly for a year, and uh, went on another run down there. <clears throat> Wait a second, some emotional shit. <laughs> some emotional shit. This is, then I caught my auto theft. <laughs> Size of possession. Like, it's not what it sounds like, though. This Just is, trying to get money. This to... is the fucked up part. Now, I didn't steal a car, though. Now, I'm living in a boarding house that this woman, old woman, with all these cats renting me a room, right? And her son was, uh, like, he was a good guy, a good-hearted guy, and she was a recovering alcoholic, believe it or not, right? I'm, uh, so I thought. <laughs> so I was told when I went in there, like, yeah, no partying here. Uh, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I go to AA meetings, right? So I, I, I got arrested for retail down there. I was in the county for like four days and then my dad bailed me out again right so i go i went down to her house and the problem was i was taking benzos and i had a thing about shoplifting there was a little, little ring of us and we would take benzos man when you take a, a ton of them you think you're superman you're so slick you do anything i would steal like jewelry out of cases you know, I'd reach over while they were like waiting on a customer right down here. I got so good at this shit when I was benzoed up, but finally I got caught. So I got back in the county. Dad bailed me out. I go back home. I pop a handful of clonopin. <laughs> now I'm fucked up. I'm going stealing again. I went down to a guitar shop. I stole my first guitar I stole from a guitar shop, man. I'm benzoed out. I'm slick. I walk in. It's just like a one long room and all these guitars and the counter down here. And I picked the nice $600 wash burner off and I opened my pants, tucked the neck of it down my, the back of my leg, uh, cl like closed up my pants and put the, the, the back of it behind my jacket. And like I literally hobbled out the fucking store right past the fucking counter with nobody at it, man. Now I got a guitar. I go home, I go back to the place and there, there's the woman passed out in her Isuzu Trooper in front of the house. I'm like, holy fuck, I gotta get, she must have realized, I'm like, I gotta get her in the house. Not even thinking nothing at this time. This, this is why the system is so wrong, man. <laughs> Hold on. Said, I gotta get her to fuck in the house, man. So I go open the door and I woke her up. I said her name, whatever it was at the time. I don't remember names so much. After all this life, man, you like, I see, and hear multiple, multiple, multiple life stories because I'm stuck in institutions and shit all the time. So I'm, I'm a psychologist because you know I'm nothing to do with study people. So I'm a nice guy though. I, I carry her in the house and I laid her down on the couch. And then I was like, I had keys in my hand because I just took her out of the car. I said she's passed out. He's at work. He doesn't come home till like 11 o'clock. Like, I'm just going to borrow the trooper and take it down and, and cop some shit. I was going to trade all these all these silver chains that I had. I'm going to trade for some bags and then come back up. Sounds like a good plan, right? She'll never know if she doesn't wake up. So I get down like very close to where I copped in North Philly and the clutch goes. I didn't know that's what happened at the time. I'm, I'm stopped at a light now. I can't move it. I'm like, holy fuck. I'm only like three blocks away. Five maybe. 
and I have AAA, so I just go get what I need and then come back, have the truck towed back to the house. I mean, I got to, I'm caught at this point, so I, I, I had some, some black guy help me push it over to the side of the road, locked it up, I leave it, keys in my pocket. I had two sets for some reason. I don't know, but um, I walked down to get my shit, and I did. And I literally, like, walking down the street, shot up some dope. I, I'm walking, but I, now I'm so fucked up. I'm lost. I'm not lost, but I'm like, where the fuck? I don't remember where I parked the fucking car. I'm like, holy shit, I'm walking around, like, looking the streets of North Philly. It was evening when I went down there at 1 o'clock in the morning. Because I'm looking for the car, walking around for like three hours. I'm like, holy fuck, I gotta find, you know, like now you're panicked. Now I'm totally panicked. Like, holy fuck, can't find the car, what do I do? And uh, one o'clock in the morning, some black dude pulls up and he goes to me, yo, he goes, yo, white boy. <laughs> he said, what are you doing walking around out here? He goes, get in my car. I'm like, cool, man. I can get back to the house. And before I got in, he's like, yo, what do you, what do you have to give me if I take you up to Westchester? Dude, it was a ride up to Westchester from, from North Philly. I was like, I got this guitar, man. I said, come on, take me up and I'll give you the guitar. I'm like, I'm just going to burn when I get there, man. So the whole ride up, take about a half hour to get up to that part of Philadelphia from where I was. He's sitting there smoking crack the whole fucking ride, man. He's just blazing up. Never offered me a hit. You knew that I was fucked up. He's just the whole ride up, he blazing. We get up there, I'm like, holy fuck, man. What really world have I gotten myself into, man? Like, at this point, like, I'm in so deep, I forget that I'm human, man. I'm on an animalistic level running around those streets. You know, like, how I'm not dead. I used to counterfeit money and take it down because I worked in a bridge shop, man. It was very close and the bills were simple, man. And I'd cut them up. Sometimes only one side, I'd fold them up, take them down, fucking burn some street dealer and just not go back to that block, you know? <laughs> so, oh, you know, one time I went down and did that and the, I just bought one bag out of 10 at that point. And I gave it to him. He handed me the bag pulled it in and he went like this with the bill held it up looking for that little strip that's in there I said oh fuck I threw it in drive and he put his he, he was like oh shit he knew he was burnt and I already had it so he just put his fist in the window like this and I drove right into it man but it was like worth taking that shot to get out of there alive you know a couple times I had, I had guns pulled on me I'm living in the underworld now man it's like normal people don't see this shit it's a whole the legal system and and you know I feel bad for the the inner city kids, man. No, I really do because like they don't most of them don't fucking like from the neighborhoods that I went into they don't have a chance. They don't have a chance, man. Yeah, like one one guy that I worked with in my company actually he was a Dominican printer. He actually worked out or he lived out where I used to go cop. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, I'd go out there and I'd see him and he'd wave and he'd be like, what are you buying up there, man? And I'd always be like, weed, <laughs> you know? But, you know, so I don't think they believe me. They found out because I was stealing from the company, you know. That all came out later when I went to rehab again down there. I was to rehab like 12 or 13 times, man. What happened on the ride home, though? All right, so, <laughs> it's good to like, 
yo, we get back to the place, and I'm like, all right, pull over here. It was like at the end of my block. I said, I'll be right back. I just got to go around and grab it. Yo, the dude was doing this on the strength, man. Like, he was actually cool. And I felt bad doing this, but I ran around back to the house, ran down the alley, and went in the back door of our house. I buried the keys under a rock, though. Fucking now I know, like, oh, man, I'm, I'm fucked. But I'm fucked up, so I don't really care. I get in the house, and they're like, yo, did you take the car? Because I had called them and asked them if they could come down to North Philadelphia and pick me up. So they're like, did you take the car? I'm like, what car? No, what do you mean? And so the kid's like, I see, I told you you are drunk. So you're drunk again, and he was blaming her for me taking the car. I was like, I don't know, no, I'm sorry, I'm going to bed. I go to bed, I wake up, to, I, I want to go get my methadone, and knock, knock, knock on my door, I open it, it's a fucking cop. <laughs> fucking cop is there, and he's like, this is my, this is my auto theft. He's <laughs> like, did you take the car? Where were you last night? You know, asking me questions, and he's like, turn around, let me search you. And I thought, I'm cool, the keys are very out the back in this gravel, so I'm like, I'm cool, man. So he searches me, and I, forget, I didn't even realize I had the other set. Another set. I took two sets of keys to go do this. I don't know why. So he's like, these aren't yours, are they? I'm like, fuck, really? <laughs> so and they're like, well, where is the car? And now what do I tell him? What do I tell him? Because I don't know where the fucking car is. I'm like, somewhere in North Philly. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know where? I was like, I forget, man. <laughs> I couldn't find it. So, you know, you're going to jail, man. Because <laughs> I already had one or two possession arrests on my record. So they're like, he sold it. He sold the fucking car. He stole it and sold it for drugs. Hello, auto theft. I don't, I, I don't know nothing. I'm 29 at this point. I don't know nothing about uh, the cars, the theft laws in PA. So they give me an auto theft. Well, in Pennsylvania, there is no grand theft auto. The highest charge is the auto theft. That's the felony. And then what I was charged with actually one time before was stealing the van from a halfway house up in Scranton to drive uh, about five miles down the road to a bar. Dude, I got stories. <laughs> I got stories. I got kicked out of the halfway house for fucking stealing the van. Going and get drunk. Listening to the band. And I come out after the band is done playing. And uh, there's the state police all in the parking lot. <laughs> okay, but it was unauthorized use. Because I had the key. That means we had some kind of something to do with each other. So that's a misdemeanor. I already had that on my record. So, oh, fuck. Auto theft. I'm like, all right, whatever. It's not Grand Theft Auto, you know. <laughs> but, but it's a felony. I don't know nothing about. Oh, felony sounds bad. I wonder. But all right. So they take me and book me with auto theft. <laughs> they just got shoplifting before that. So I'm like double charged, and now my dad's like, no way. So I, this is the first jail that I actually set Chester County Prison. Six months. Six months. My first bid for auto theft. And now you hear the story. It wasn't fucking auto theft. It was unauthorized use. I lived there. We, we were friends and stuff. I was borrowing the fucking car, man. All I wanted to do was run down and get some shit, man. And fucking come back and everything cool. I'm fucked. You know? so, <laughs> and it was like summertime. It, that, that prison, the, the floors were still heated in the summer, man. There was no air conditioning. So it'd be like 95 degrees outside. Inside, like the walls would sweat. You you would lean against them to get cold and like you couldn't be a slide because they were sweating. This is my first experience in prison, man. 
six months they gave me for an accident, kind of. A bad decision, and I feel bad because I hurt her and her son, dude. Like, I know they really made it bad for me, though. But, I mean, like, I know that was their own car. They both relied on it for, for different things. And there I am, I took it from them, and now they think I sold it because I lost it. So I sit six months waiting for my trial, and some guy get, talked me into getting a this expensive lawyer at that time it was five thousand for this lawyer, and this lawyer was like supposed to. He was a lawyer that like he taught classes to the lawyers that fucked up and got in trouble. So he was like lawyer lawyers. Oh, he was in big shit, and uh, my dad gave him five grand. You know, put that down. Please take care of our son, because some some guy talked me up and had me scared about going to state prison on this. It was my first real charge, like felony ever, so I wasn't though. No, I wasn't though. But uh, I sat six months through that heat, waiting for that court case. And when I went to it, my parents came to it. My lawyer didn't show up. You know, my lawyer. Lawyer didn't show up. This is the beginning of my love for lawyers, okay? He didn't show up for five grand, which was a high for the charge that I had in the situation. He Did he ever give a reason? No. So what happened when your lawyer didn't show up? My, my, so my, <laughs> my dad went down to his office. like, I'm going down to get him. Well, did you just automatically fail then? No. Oh, um, they, were, they held this up for me. My parents were at it. And, uh, you know, they were supportive still to this day to all my fuck-ups, man. My parents, I hated them for a long time. They kicked me out of their home for several years. I was never allowed to be there by myself. I despised them for certain things that I thought led to my addiction. But really, like, I, I sort of had a problem from the start. My grandfather's giving us sips of beer at like four years old so I, I I don't know but I despise them and they always were behind me man I, like they came to court my dad went down to his office to get him and uh, he wasn't there he wasn't fucking there so they brought up hit one of his associates you know a different lawyer there he came in and he's like all right now I want I'm, I'm gonna take a plea bargain I don't know that a plea bargain is giving like saying you're guilty get like a lesser charge it's a plea bargain all right i don't know this so I, he sits down and he says look the charge is this uh we'll give you six months uh to a year or two years probation or something so i mean like plead to this and you can get out today that was the deal i ended up getting because the guy didn't know us i didn't pay him he showed up didn't know anything about it and just said here you go i accepted a felony so i could get out that day this is an ambitious DA, man. Mm. You know, I accepted a felony. I was like, yeah, I want to get out of here. Six months, your first fucking time in. I got big. <laughs> we lifted a lot, but fucking. So I, what, I accept a felony. Felony three, now on my record. Because of this auto theft, right? <laughs> this is what fucked me for the rest of my life. Up to this point. And, uh, Governor Wolf has something to do with that. But, um. We'll get, I'll, I'll mention that because that's part of the story too. You know, Governor Wolf's a good guy.
The North Bowl Refinery is here to provide Alaska with the finest quality CBD product available on the market today. This includes Select CBD, Lenative by Montel Williams, Lazarus Naturals, Jerome Baker, Hot Mess Cushmetics, and constantly testing new products. The North Bowl Refinery is a distributor to these fine locations. Smoking Deals in Fairbanks and Kenai, Good Cannabis, Nature's Relief, Gabco, Denali's Cannabis Cash, Uncle Herbs and Homer and Anchorage, The Frost Farm, and on Facebook with more locations coming soon. The North Bowl Refinery, quality CBD in Alaska. How long does it take to get back to your place from here? Uh, from, from, from here. Oh, like five minutes. What time is it? Uh, four. Oh, dude, all right. Get around them, dude. There's no, so much fine. more. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get through it. I'm leaving bits and pieces out, but I'm, I'm letting you know, like all this insanity, man. I didn't know that. I kept relapsing. I relapsed so many times. I had overdosed. I did heroin shooting up from that '93, except for when I was in jail, to 2015. And you heard the way that I was doing it, man. Like I should not be here. Guns in my face. I rip it off dealers with fake money on the street. I'm like, fucking, like, I shouldn't even been. And I'm so glad you are because you give me just even you being around, you give me joy through the Canvas Cafe. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. You too, though, man, because I love it when you drop in. Like, you're always there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, every time we welcome someone, you're right there. It's fun to be a part of it. (laughs) I know, man. It's really cool. Like, I didn't, I thought when I first, you know, opened the cafe, it was 2015. Around maybe when you started doing this. Yeah, but I didn't get in to the cafe until seventeen. Well, I mean, late. your your yeah. podcast. Business. Yeah, two, you said like two thousand sixteen. Okay, well, the cafe spawned from another group that um, it had ten thousand members. Man, it was an open group called the Smokers Den, and I got asked to come in because I knew two of the admin personally. So like, now I'm an admin on this page with ten thousand people. Not very many were active in that group. I mean, there was like sometimes one person would post a day something, but there's 10,000. Like, I, I feel like, wow, there's 10,000 fucking potheads right here across in front of me, like spread out all over the place. Like, it was great, man. Like, now I'm part of this thing, but we had serious admin issues, and I ended up, um, I ended up archiving the group. We shut it down. And that's where the cannabis spot, the cannabis cafe spawned from. <laughs> I broke off there and I said, well, you know, like there wasn't a lot of weed groups on Facebook at the time. In uh-huh. 2015, there was some, but not a lot. And I'm like, oh, I could do this, you know? So I brought my friends that were on my friends list and the ones that were in the smokers. But I put everybody in. I had, I started the group with like 200 people. They're all my friends. You know, I didn't, I didn't have tags. I didn't know what tags were. We have this weed group, and we just post. I, all right, I'll say I would just post. My friends are putting up with me posting, posting. <laughs> but like one or two, one or two of them were like really cool, and were like, and it's Ben, admin Ben Kraza, or however the fuck you say it, and uh, Tracy. Uh, I knew I met Tracy in a music group, a rock, a rock and uh, like a classic rock group. Uh, what the hell is it? I remember last.
last name right now, so we'll just cut that shit out. But <laughs> um, fucking Ben is still in there, but he's not very active, but he's a watchdog. People don't know that. Like, he's a killer, man. <laughs> ben, if something goes down, man, fucking Ben is always there. He's just like, he's not, he's not active, but he's an honorary member. <laughs> you know, oh, he is a lifetime. It was the three of us that would post a little bit here and there. Like, for the whole first year, that was it. Some friends would drop off, man. And, like, Ben found us somehow. And, like, now he's on, so he's on my list. And we opened this thing. There they are. Uh, still, well, Tracy doesn't. Cut this part out, too. <laughs> I'm so fucking high, man. Good. You got me rambling because it's fucking Sorry, man. Like, There's yeah, no sorry. I, I'm, it's I'm a like story. in full character mode right now. <laughs> but you, that, that story got created who you are to create Cannabis Cafe? Yeah, yeah, to, to how I know you. I suffered till I got locked up in 2015, bro. Don't have, <laughs> I, I would sit here and do it, sit here and talk to you for I know, man. What would you think if I sang Now be a patron of Far North Tokers at patreon.com slash midtoker. Listeners supporting the artist financially for as little as $2 a month. You can help steer far north token through guest suggestions, reviews, new equipment for the show. Let's me know that far north token is important to you and I can just keep on keeping them. Thank you to long-term patrons, Marilyn Bergman, Carrie Mullis, Ramblin' Ranger, Peggy Peters, and Aaron Morton. Here's Token. I'm on a mission from hell to kill myself. I think so. But, yeah. But not anymore, right? Dude, how, how did I make it? Like, I have so many friends. My guitar player, uh, Buddy, passed away a couple of years ago. I lost so many motherfucking people uh, to this thing. None of them that started with me are still doing it today. You know, and uh, so, yeah, I get lost up in 2015. And I had this, I was trying to get out again. My parents were trying to get out again. You got I'm locked up again in 2015? Jail. Yeah. Even after you had your group? Yeah. Yes, because <laughs> we formed it right before uh, that happened. So the group is going, and I'm in, now I'm in timeout. Oh, no. <laughs> now I'm in timeout for, there we go, for nine more months. Oh, man. Uh, I sat in the county for six, and I detoxed from uh, benzos and suboxone. I was doing everything else on top of them. Seven years of suboxone. And uh, like a lifetime of Xanax, Clonopin, by the handful, dude. I'd black out for days. Wake up three days later, my whole strip gone. I don't know what the fuck happened. A couple times I woke up, uh, one specific time I woke up in jail, not knowing what I was there for. <laughs> uh, that, so was not, that was not a good feeling, man. I'm gonna, I guess I'll, I mean, we'll lose sound quality, but I'm still recording. Oh, no shit. <laughs> but, um, all right. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I could probably do it right and well, see you again or do it Skype hey, in the second part. However it happens, because we're just getting into the cafe part. Yeah, I know. No. <laughs> I mean, That's so, fine. It, you need some things to explain what that yeah, cafe is. You're right, man. Like, to understand... Like, really, what a person. Not, this isn't about me. No, no it's this a story. is about people. I'm an empath, 
empath does not make a good salesman, let me tell you that. Because <laughs> I feel other people's pain, man. Oh, I know, I know, I know. So I don't do it. It's not about me, it's about everybody. Everybody who has some kind of condition that they need to medicate. Get off the pills, man. That nine months sitting there the whole time, can't get out. Uh, was the last time I wanted to detox in jail. The benzo and the suboxone took the whole nine months we crossing here? for me to detox. Yeah. But you know, like I had to feel it. I had to sit and feel it, and then finally, finally, I, I couldn't help but uh, confront that whole situation with the accident. I put that off till that point in 2015. I did six months up in the county, then three months down in housing. Oh, what? Then, uh, <laughs> then three months in this, uh, there's a, they call it a behavior modification program. It's a rehab that people get out of jail with. They have to go through three months of this ghetto ghetto down in Harrisburg, get like ghetto ass place, counselor with a gold tooth. Oh man, did it work? Well, bottom line, yeah, I hated it. I hated it so much that I said, I'm not doing this again, man. I had it, I've been doing this for 24 years. I had it, man. Like, this was tired. 2015? Yeah, that's how long I was sticking the needle. Is that the last time? Yep. Yep. I came out of there. They expected me to fail because like when I go into a place like that, these institutions, I sit and watch and let a couple people graduate, but by the end of it, like I'm running the, the inmates. You know? <laughs> so like they didn't watch me. I walk out of the place. Yeah. When you walk out and break break your probation, uh, they throw you back in jail. I walked out so bad through the tree, you're like, shit, the whole thing is, it's like, that's part of the behavior model. you like you're some street scum. They didn't expect me to get through. Uh, I made it through. They didn't expect me to last. They had their favorites. I got in trouble. Uh, that was it. That was it, man. You stopped. I, so my parents let me come home there. Like, I'm not allowed to live there for a long time. So they said, come home and finish off. I had six months more to go on probation. And they wanted to send me upstate because that's a whole long story too. The program they put me in. I gave them 14 hot urines in a row every week in this drug program. And finally they said, like anybody else, one or two when they're throwing them back. I don't know how I did that. So... They're, they're part of the whole system too. All right, it's money being made, right? Man, that's the whole thing. Doctors pushing what the farm companies come at. You see them in the doctor's office. They're like hot women in high heels and you know farm reps, and they're pushing it because they know it's addictive. So they didn't expect it to get this out of control. That. Uh, like wealthy people's families are being affected. You know, their children. Wasn't the intent.
gotten crazy. I saw the whole pill thing come up. So I was doing heroin before they got popped. So the cannabis cafe was already made and when I came out, that's what, that's what I went right back into it. I put some tags on it and all of a sudden, boom, I'm getting hit. It took off from there and I can say that I owe my sobriety and getting through that six months because of two things, the cafe and another guy's group, Al Donato, Donato uh, called, he has a group called um, Whatever It Takes Recovery. Uh, all the traditional rehab, I think it's 12 steps. That's the rehab's push. AA meetings, NA meetings. They know that the percentage of people that make it through is like somewhere in the one digit area. So I, that, that his group was like, listen, come in, if you do 12 steps, it's cool, but we all support each other, and we all tell you how we get through things, and how it goes. Dude, literally, I stayed at my parents, and was on the computer all day long, until I go to an AA meeting at night, and go to their program. I was heavy, and the people in the cafe, were carrying me and in oh. his group, you know. So I got 2016. Yeah, it's uh July till I got out in the beginning of July, uh, January 29th was the day I maxed out. Well, I maxed out and changed my life. Canvas Cafe. Moving Free Farms has been committed to teaching youngsters to the young at heart English and Western horseback riding for 25 years. Located just behind the university, they teach year-round in either the indoor heated arena in the winter or outside in the summer. Give them a jingle at 907-378-0103 to schedule a convenient time. Moving Free Farms. Let's ride some horses. I started smoking immediately is spice. That's what you had to do when you were on probation. You know, so people are dying smoking this shit because we all have an issue that needs to be dealt with and their pills don't do it. Because we're addicted to them. So, whew, intense. It's, uh, it's, it's fucking gotta keep horrible. Telling story, man. It's fucking horrible. I'm glad I got a chance to capture some of it. Well, I'm really glad I got to meet you, man. They're cool as fuck. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect, like picture in my head, like I don't look at people's profiles, I don't, I don't have time to do that shit, I can't even get through my own news feed. Yeah, right. So I, I didn't know how did I picture mid-toker, you know, <laughs> you know? Uh, I really couldn't, but uh, yo, you're fucking chill as fuck and I knew you would be. Thanks, in person, that's the purpose. Better, bro. That is the purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I'm twisted. Yeah, it's fun. it's fun just being able to recreate. <laughs> Dude, like, this is it. This is where the life is now, isn't it? <laughs> we smoke weed together. I, I don't know about you. I go to concerts and festivals all the time. Nice. No, not concerts. Yeah, I, I would definitely like to do some more festivals. Well, maybe when your kids get a little older. Right. You know? But, you know, that's a whole different lifestyle, too, most people. 
know, like the hippie movement. Oh, yeah. Like these festivities are like four and five days long, man. You know, like that's the one place in the world that you could take your children <laughs> to. And even though it seems a bit chaotic, it's still completely 100% trustable. Got it shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My buddy brings a six year old. The kid's like social butterfly to all the different tents. Tom Constantine, he's in the cafe. My buddy down outside Philly, he's an engineer. And this kid's running around like chilling with people and hanging out and talking to them. I'm like, look at this guy. Like, these people are so chill. You know, people don't get hurt. Well, they're there to have a good time too. Right. <laughs> the vibe. Yes. Like, Definitely, maybe depending on if they went to one of your early shows. <laughs> Might not have been the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. No. Oh, that was, that was madness, too. Brown <laughs> <laughs> people well, up. Think about it. <laughs> That's awesome. We had an awesome theory, and it worked. I don't know what was wrong with us. That's just, that's just what young guys do. Well, these little towns, man. They've always been fighting town, dude. There's a bar and a church on every corner. People get trashed, and we go to other towns <laughs> to get in fights with them. It's kind of like gang territory. They come over to ours, and when that wasn't going down, like people would be fighting each other. So that was like the area. So we're like, yeah, let's have a, let's design it so we have a fight every night. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had the acid test. The what? The acid test. What's that? What's <laughs> under this shit? When the band you're in starts playing different tunes? <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, we had a place, the Italian, like those brothers were Italian, the Italian club in Tamaqua was like our home base because their father, one of his father was the president of it. And uh, so that was our home base. We played there three times and we could get a, either a jug of wine <laughs> or a jug of Sunny Delight. And we'd each, we all had acid, we'd all throw a bunch in and we would drink some swigs and I would pour them into shot glasses. Little plastic shot glasses, pour them out a shitload on a tray, and take the tray out to the crowd. <laughs> well, this is like, didn't tell them. Right. I'm oh, just like, here, want a shot, want a shot. <laughs> Never said nothing. You know, those nights, we did that three times. And we got shut down by the police every time. It'd be like 3 30 in the morning. We're still playing. Everybody's up, wound up, dancing, and she's like, "You are the best band I ever heard." Oh. And I know we sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I looked down at my hand and go, "What am I doing with this?" While I was playing. They're all tripping. Oh, dude, they were great times, but like, I thought I was helping people. You know, <laughs> that's love, but I guess I shouldn't have. Can you grow with a medical card here, That's Pennsylvania? Um, not yet. <laughs> you have to be, you have to get a permit and be like, you have to have, I think, 250,000 liquid like in oh, the bank like, at all times. It's just not even by having your medical card, nope, you can't, you can't grow. Not yet. That's too bad. Well, listen, it's baby steps. Right, right, right. You know, 
especially out here on the East Coast. I'm shocked as hell. Me too. It's, it's the older people. It's just that medical side. I know. That's the whole reason I got into CBD with my buddy. That's the plan. Until the, until the laws change, man. But this is still the industry, and I believe it's actually for physical. It's better. Right. And, you know, like there's nerve stuff that THC is good with. But, like, bone pain... I get, I do get relief from CBU, man. So, when I came back, I, I bumped into my buddy Matt from the cafe. Matt was an old widespread panic tour buddy of mine back in the early 2000s. And we'd roll together and party. So, he stopped in day, tells me, pulls in, he's like, yo, can I open this company? You know, and this is what I'm doing. Do you want to, do you want to maybe help? Nice. You know, make some sales and stuff. So I got, all right, I don't know. Let me think about it. Because I'm thinking with the cafe, when oh, things perfect. change, we have a whole community of people <clears throat> that can serve other people. You know, so like at that point, I'm on THC mission. Hmm. But after a year, I'm like talking to him, researching CBD. I made... He gave, he gave me this opportunity, which he should. Well, I mean, I do have a record. Maybe and you have a big following. People, that's an audience. Because we connect. Because huh? we all have something in common, man. And that brings it back to the whole medication thing. We all, we are all, like, some people don't need medication whatsoever. Wellness. Wellness. My, my surgeon, I know he doesn't smoke pot, you know. He's an Asian you Ready. might enjoy a, a nice toke after work instead of that wine. Yeah. Certain strains are really nice for uh, that. Dude, like just having the selection. Oh, no. <laughs> You're about ready to get it all. I mean, probably within a year, maybe, huh? Dude, and that, that was, that's, that's beautiful. So, like, CBD is really getting popular now. Like, a lot of people don't know about it at all. And I'd be like, hey, you ever hear CBD? No. It's bottom. <laughs> where do you live? Because a lot of people out there like that. And yes, especially see, here. Yeah. You know, it's good to be jumping on it early. Good plan. Like you said earlier, man. You get in from from the bottom. I was gonna go out west. I have a I have those relatives out there. Like I was like, I gotta get the fuck off the east coast and save my life. <laughs> I'm like, I'll go up to Spokane. I hear that brown tear. Brown tar up there. Oh no! <laughs> so, but, um, made the good decision for once. I saw Pennsylvania come around. And I said, you know what? There's enough weed dealers out west. There's so much complication. Look what I said: PA, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island. It's about to pop off all oh, here. Is. So let's network. Please don't sell, talk about sales in the cafe, but let's network. And also now we have all these people that are waiting, meeting people like you. We have growers, smokers, you see, you know, like there's connections. That's why I said, I'm gonna just stay right here because like the money's about to come here. A lot of people don't know anything about this. Nope. People that come into 
I recommend going to the um, like city council meetings. Anytime they're talking about it, anytime you have a borough meeting or whatever, the like county meetings, yeah. you'll learn so much how they feel and how you can talk to them. And that's interesting. I don't, I didn't know that they talk about these things. Yeah, that's where all the regs get made. In the counties. Well, t- I would think so. I'm sure they're talking about right. it, whether they're going to let it be a dry okay. county or... Well, hometown has three supervisors on their board. And I know one of them. I grew up with them. Nice. And it's like weird being back there because this is where my roots are, man. You know, I go out and I'm friends with people of every whatever, race, color, sexual preference. And I've been locked up with everybody. I found out the majority <laughs> of people are not bad people. So I have friend, a Muslim friend, you know, so I don't know where I was fucking going with that. <laughs> get, uh, get along with all kinds of people here. That's oh, yeah. why you're staying here. That's right. Got back to the roots. So like, I get along with everybody, but I come back here and I, whoever I talk to, like there's a connection. A Skook, Skookle County is where Skooks. But like I'm comfortable because they speak my lingo. With like my same accent, mm-hmm. you know. So no, it feels good to be back around here and people talk like that. My parents are getting. I think older. I'm changed. I've been 20 years in Alaska. Oh, how long you been up there? Uh, oh, since '99. Wow, that's when I got the auto theft charge. <laughs> mm-hmm. That fucked well, my life. I was close. Life. I was just close to going kind of that way. Just uh, stop paying all my bills, but I wasn't necessarily. Um, probably more mentally ill than um well, hey, than addicted to things kind of what everybody that addicted is to uh trauma mental conditions that the medications yep. don't help with so yeah that's yeah, like, always been good like us all and that's why we all like have that instant bond with each other man like you know yo this is the shit right here <laughs> This is healthy, <laughs> and this is the best shit right here. Yes. You know, how, how can it be best? It's sitting here growing. You can, it's not going to be the best, but right. <laughs> you can grow something that, anywhere, just grows. It's awesome. Well, they won't let us yet. Which sucks, but I've been, like, looking at the Michigan laws, and I see what the care providers up there are able to do. I think it's something exactly. like you can do six plants per uh, patient. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's all we need, man. Like, and a lot of places gonna... <laughs> let you take the, um, like, you can uh, grow for other other people. Like, you get their cards. Yeah. And then you can grow for them. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, one of the guys in the group was from Colorado, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, he's telling me he has a girl out here. <laughs> nice. All right, leave this out. <laughs> Maybe not. But <laughs> well, I'm not mentioning his name, but... So I'm from one of the small towns, and they do like tours to the small towns. They have many quiet smoke outside. He does this. He sponsors this girl out here. It's awesome. It's fucking awesome. I'm like, are you serious, man? <laughs> you gotta be kidding me, young girl. Oh yeah. I'm still impressed with my uh, parallel park. That's some sweet action. <laughs> I haven't done that in a long time. You're a better driver than... Yeah, it's like riding a bicycle, right? <laughs> it's great to have someone out there going, one foot, yeah. six inches. Yeah. I worked at the Hazleton Static Speaker, the newspaper in the circulation room when I was going to college. 
Oh, uh, that's how, <laughs> that's how it was, man. I do, like, <laughs> so fucking hard. <laughs> I keep forgetting what I'm saying and shit. That's good. Job well done. Hey, welcome Ramblin' Ranger. Mm, thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so happy. This is, you have no idea how this is making me feel. Very happy, <laughs> very happy. We had some Tahoe cookies and then, uh, well, I'm no, I'm I'm the homegrown from my buddy. I freaking adrenaline. No, it's good to have a chance, I think, you know, sometimes you meet people so you can tell a story. Well, yeah, and that's how, that's how we get by. Better keeping secrets, man. You gotta know that there's unity, and uh, that's why I love going to Cafe of Family. Yes. I'm amazed that you're able to, uh, like, every time you invite someone in, you, like, welcome them. Taught me how to do it very well. You know, so, and I love it. Fuck! <laughs> I'm so fucking sorry. For what? Yo. Uh, it's crazy, bro. That's the good stuff. You know, when I went into the jail and decided that this is the last time, I said, um. <laughs> Dude, that Huckleberry, man. Holy shit. <laughs> awesome. Holy shit. Yeah, Huckleberry. That's it. I agree. Well, that's what, um, that's what Lee Malloy, when we smoked that, we smoked a pre-roll of that, and he, would, he like, kind of escorted me to the door, and he forgot I came in one direction, and <laughs> he let me out the other direction, which was, like, a, the he let me out the front door. Yeah. Into a courtyard that was all locked. <laughs> so I had to like climb over the fence to get out. Oh man. It's pretty funny. Yeah, see like I have a story like that at least weekly throughout those twenty-four years, man. People I, I was just to say to people in high school, like if you want excitement, like just hang around me, man, because there's something crazy always going on. Do and you it, think it's it's just because well Maybe doing all the drugs takes you off of, off balance. Oh yeah. So like you're not you're not in anyone's the right timeline. You're always behind or in front oh, of things. Absolutely, and that's that's where the weed you know fills in for people with opiate problems and shit. Like there's something really damaged in our brain, you know. So like this stuff is so important that they're allowing opiate addicts in Pennsylvania to get out, like we need to replace, not everybody can do 12 steps and get clean, very few, man. You know, so like, there's other paths like Kratom. Kratom is an awesome herb, it helps people get off heroin. You can stay on that as, a, as an herbal painkiller, just as strong as an opiate if you take enough of it, but it's really not abusable, so it's stupid. But it helps people get off, it won't work for everybody, but it will for some. Weed will help for some. AA will help for some. That has to be smart recovery well. Um, so many other mental therapies, like there's has to be multiple paths, man, because there's so many different types of people and we come from so many different backgrounds. You know how many kids that I saw in jail, like young guys that had no parents growing up, they didn't know where they are or their parents stole from them and beat them and do like, the prison system is sad because a lot of those people were in juvie trouble because they had no guidance and dude 
And they're just no a lost them out in the beginning. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Letting them keep doing it. They would let me out to go kill myself some more, man. I don't know how many char different charges I have. Like the shit is on record on the internet. My buddy was looking at it on one of those uh, people search things. He paid a buck for it and he was reading it to me. He's like, dude, he's all shocked and like, and you had this in Chester County. They put this in here and they put this in. I'm like, dude, yeah, that's my shit, man. It's all out there. You know what? It was all drug related, man. I'm not that person. I never stole from anybody young till drugs, man. You know. I've, stole from my family more than I stole from anybody else. Is it just because it's available? Just because Close. I knew there was money there and I couldn't go sick, man. Like, I went sick a thousand times. Uh, opioid addiction fucking withdrawal is like the flu times 30. Um, so at some point, it's like, I can't do it. I need to take their money. I'll get it back for them on the weekend. And it's always, I'll get it back. And I took good chunks out of my dad's paycheck every week, man, and they didn't notice, because he was a pipe fitter and he was doing alright back then, but dude, I stole jewelry from him, stole my dad's copper pipes, it breaks my heart, man, because my parents never left my side, you know what, they were always there at court, 24 years, multiple arrests, multiple cases in eight different counties, and I was in state prison, dude, it was hell, man, and the system is rigged for us to fail, because it's job security. Uh, yeah, I think you're right on that. I have well, heard it heard it message so many times, and it makes sense. Uh, yeah, because look at these kids don't have a chance. Uh, they're not given a chance, so they throw them in the system. They count on recidivism, man, and they put us in programs that they know are designed to break people and go back out and do it again. And you're just caught in the system. You'll find I'll, I paid fines in so many different counties. My parents spent so much money on lawyers. They, they, my dad took a home equity loan out and gave me 10 grand for a lawyer down in Montgomery County, Norristown. I got caught with that ounce of coke. 10 grand, a dirty lawyer. Like, money talks, man. He had the assistant DA shaking my hand at court. I'm wrecked. Of course I stopped in Philly for dope before I went to court. My lawyer's pissed as fuck. I'm wrecked. My girlfriend's there. I keep putting my my leather coat on and keeps yelling at me to take it off. The assistant district attorney comes up to me and shakes my hand and says, I'm sorry about this, Mr. Zubris. Uh, it's nice to meet you, and we'll get this taken care of right away. Uh, and then he goes, they go in the courtroom. The three state cops showed up to testify. They weren't even allowed in the courtroom. I went in. They didn't let him in. The judge said, listen, all right, here's what we'll do. We'll give you a one-year probation, no fine. Uh, and if you get through that without getting in any trouble, we'll expunge it. So I even got arrested during that one year, dude. <laughs> the cops Gary, come. Gary, Gary. <laughs> How do you make it? Yo. It's miracles, right? Yeah. God? I don't know. You can call it God, for like I said, lack of a better term, too. The universe... You're just, you just weren't done. It wasn't done with you yet, right? Dude, I had to run. I had to run it out of my system, man. Like, and it's, everybody has to run out? the course, man. But they don't me for years, dude. I have a million stories like this, and I could go on forever. Hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com.
M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at FallMortokers.com. And now, Patreon. Help support the show financially at Patreon.com slash Here's Token. Here's Token.